Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Beauty and the Beast PT and Strength and Conditioning Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Dr. Ross Childs. Happy Thursday, everyone. Glad to be back. Uh, Adam and I just realized that this is our 20th episode, so it's kind of a big deal. Uh, so we appreciate everyone who, who has been tuning in since the beginning. Uh, when we started this, it was really just a way for Adam and I to kind of record what we normally talk about and if uh, a couple people took some high points out of it we were going to consider that uh, you know successful uh, and, and we've we've been pleasantly surprised by the number of individuals that have actually reached out and said they enjoy the podcast uh, so again thank you to you guys because it allows us to to really be who we are so hopefully you guys continue to listen continue to enjoy the content that we put out yeah, and I think it's it's important to, and I kind of just want to set the stage a little bit to, because we're going into nutrition today, which can be a, a very polarizing topic. And keep in mind that our goal in any episode that we've ever talked about is to help people understand that things, especially in the health and fitness world, are not black and white, even though that we're a lot of times led to believe by the media, by professionals in certain branches of health and wellness, all that a lot of this stuff is black and white and it really isn't. And that's our, that's kind of our main goals that just because, you know, uh, X person tells you that you should never squat with weight again. There's most of more often than not, that's not the whole story, you know, and I'm just using that as an example, yeah. but well, I think what you're pointing out, Adam is one, there's a lot of generalities mm-hmm. and then everyone usually speaks in terms of absolutes, you know, and, and, and we just can't do that. You know, I, I I stopped giving nutrition advice a long time ago just because no matter what you say, someone's always going to have an issue with it. You know, we always have to remember what works for you is not going to work for me. It's not going to work for the next person. Now, are there some general guidelines that we can follow? We know that eating junk food all the time is not good for us. I think we can all agree upon that. But, you know, as far as when, like, it's no secret for one of the reasons we want to do this is there was something posted on social media with Adam and some people didn't like it. So hopefully, Adam, you don't mind me saying that. No, I don't you know, care. but he used the word word carb addiction, you know, and, and whether we use that word addiction or not, you know, one, we have to define what a carb is, what a carb is not, and then what actually a addiction is, you know, and, and I, I think. This is, is, this is a space where we should be more gray. Instead, you have people on two ends of the spectrum, and then people get butt hurt and start yelling at each other, and that, <laughs> that's not it. So really what we're trying to do is open the floor a little bit, have people think a little bit different. Um, you know, I'll talk about my philosophy with nutrition. Adam can talk about his. I am not a registered dietitian, nor am I a nutritionist. I am someone who has played sports forever, so I like to think I have a handle on eating for performance. I'm also someone who's lost over 80 pounds. So I'd like to think that I know what it takes to actually lose weight and also maintain it at this point. So uh, again, we're not telling you how to eat. We're just asking you to have an open mind. Yeah, and I think I think the, the biggest thing that I always kind of tend to harp on, and, and again, like based on what you were saying, just a little bit of background. So I've lost over 100 pounds. I've And now I've worked in a field for eight years where – I think I've thought about this more recently over the last couple of weeks. I've probably talked, coached, worked with somewhere in the realm of 700 to 1,000 clients at this point, whether it be performance, weight loss. And nine, 99% of the time when I'm talking to a client, it somehow 
falls into either performance or weight loss, something that's going to have a nutritional component to it. Whether or not we're actually focusing on that is a whole other question, but you'd be surprised at how often that the that's where the conversation goes. Well, and so, even if someone has a different goal, the, the recommendations may not change that right. much. So we don't even need to call it weight loss and we don't need to call it performance. But you know, just in, in your realm specifically, those are gonna be the two biggest ones that people will talk about. Right, exactly. You know, typically if someone comes in and tells me they wanna change it, sure, performance is there, they wanna, but they wanna feel better, they want right. more energy. Maybe they have an autoimmune condition that they, you know, they wanna try to, to correct through nutrition. So. Yeah. But the recommendations really, really don't change that much, you know, and there are subtle nuances that we have to pay attention to when it, when it comes to nutrition, but I don't think it needs to be these drastic things that we hear on, on social media or, um, you know, you find one person, hears a little tidbit of something or reviews something in a, in a research article, if people even do that, mm-hmm. you know, the people that make these claims usually aren't the ones reading research. But they take it as gospel, and then basically people play telephone with it. Yeah. So that by the time the person who's announcing it, it's been changed 55 times, or someone's perception of what the information says, or how it's it's misconstrued. Um, it's just there's so much shit that gets spewed around. If someone likes keto, I don't care. Do what's yeah. best for you. If someone likes paleo, do it for you. If someone wants to eat 70% carbs, fine. I don't care. Right. Or that sounds, that sounds, no, no, it, it doesn't matter to me what you choose. Right. If you know it works for you, that's fine. But if you're stuffing your face with, um, table sugar, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not even talking sugar from honey with table sugar, you're eating fucking McDonald's five times a week. Um, you have pizza every single Friday night, you know, with, with seven beers. And then you're complaining that you can't lose weight. Well, then you got to take an honest look at yourself because then it's it's less about the food and it's more about behavior change. Right. So you can make all of the changes that you want with the actual macronutrients that you're eating, but if you're not changing behavior, you're just a you're you're, you're your own worst enemy. Yeah, and I think it, I and I very much feel the exact same way. And the reason that I have gotten on this tangent with carbs is because. Again, I feel exactly the same way you do. If you want to do keto, then that's fine. If you're if you want to go carnivore, if you're plant based, if you're I've done all with the exception of I haven't actually gone through carnivore, but I've done for at least three or four at least three months or more. I've done keto, I've done intermittent fasting, the real intermittent fasting, like with twenty four to thirty six hour fasts. I've done plant based. I'm currently actually doing that right now because I find that I my soreness goes away quicker when I'm doing plant based. So when I train harder I'll sometimes go to plant-based because it helps me recover. Now, can, not to, to stop you. In no, your, go ahead. Um, now, when you refer to plant-based, yep. are you removing meat from your diet? Yes. I, I if I you know if I were to go to like a cookout or something, I, I wouldn't. I'd have a burger or something like that. But for the most part, yes, I, I am. Not okay. Outside of a special circumstance where I'm doing something with other people, yes, I am taking meat out of my diet. Okay. Let me refine that. Um, so, you know, and, and, you know, all kinds of other stuff. Because, I, you know, when you are trying to lose the amount of weight that I was trying to lose, you try a ton of different things. And then when I started getting into, like, more recently, just it became more of an experiment. Like, okay, I have clients that are plant-based. I can't really speak on plant. That's how it started yeah. was I have clients that are plant-based. 
I can't really speak on it. It's one of the, you know, thing, one of the few things, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but other ones I've had at least some experience with. So sure. I can give people a, you know, if somebody says, oh, I'm doing keto and I'm having trouble, you know, hitting these macros, I can give them some very basic ideas. You know what I mean? But plant-based is something that I had absolutely no. We actually have uh, a client who's been vegetarian, vegan, plant-based, however you want to describe it. She's been doing it for, you know, 15 or 20 years. I actually, I had a meeting with her. I met with her and she, I just asked her, like, she's in very good shape. Is, like, she runs, she lifts heavy weights in here um, just for, like, a, just somebody to talk to and give me some pointers. But regardless, my answer is always the relationship you have with the food. Yeah. There are miles of difference. This is the reason that I took, that I take such, I'm taking such a hard stance on the carb thing. There are miles of difference between the mindsets of, I can't, I'm doing keto because I cannot have carbs. My, my, all my, I can't eat carbs. I can't have them. They're not for me. Like it, there's a mile, there's a mile and a half of difference between that and saying my body functions better on keto. I feel better on keto and I do a better job of maintaining my weight on keto. Vilifying any food source is going to, you're just kicking the can down the road. Yeah. Carbs right now is the it's the reason that we're such a carb hating society now is because we were a fat hating society in the nineties and the oh, or, gonna, I mean even before even that since but, the fifties right. but um so so let me just I love where you're going with this let me just pause you for a second so you know when when you guys get onto the podcast and, and you see the word nutrition we're we're not here to give eating plans with this no. episode. So, you know, hopefully no one's expecting that. Like, we're not going to say for weight loss, eat this. For performance, eat this. We may sprinkle it in there, but that is, that is not the focus of today. You know, really, it, it's talking about the mindset that's involved around it. And we'll talk about some of the hotter topics that are involved with this, like Adam's doing now. So I just want to make sure we get that out of the way because I don't want people to wait till the end of this and then be like, well, well what the fuck? What am I supposed to eat? So jump... It's not a specific eating plan. If if that's what you're looking for, I, I apologize, but you're gonna you're you're gonna be disappointed because that's not what we're doing today. Right. And in in my experience, you can't successfully execute a way of eating if you do not already have the basics of a good relationship with food and healthy exercise. If you're on a forever diet you're going to constantly have an issue with food. Well, and I think I think the word diet really right. just kills that for us. It mm-hmm. needs to be a lifestyle, you know, and you were talking about the the member that's been on plant-based forever. You know, what's if if we just take away the fact that she's may or may not have removed all meat from her diet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she eats fish or chicken or eggs or anything like that. I think she does, but yeah. But regardless. also let's let's take a look at the other, you know, what's her stress management like? Mm-hmm. You know, what what's her exercise routine mm-hmm. like? Uh, what's her sleeping pattern like? You know, all of that has to be taken into account. You know, re- regardless of again whether it's a meat eater versus a non-meat eater. And again, we shouldn't be versus each other. There are benefits to not eat meat, there are benefits to eat meat. Yep. So that's the way we got to look at it. Um, what else is, is removed from her diet? Is she taking processed foods out of her diet? Yes. You know, things along those lines. So mm-hmm. again, it's, it's carbs, not the problem. You know, uh, I, I think I talked about it here, but you and I have talked about it. You know, my, my eating spectrum is anywhere from paleo to keto to carnivore. Mm-hmm. You know, do I avoid carbohydrates? No. You know, I eat, I eat salads. I eat vegetables. I, I have honey after workouts. I have 
you know, yogurt and I drink dairy. I don't have an issue with, with cheese, um, so I get lactose that way. Um, but do I have, you know, bags of chips? Do I eat Cheez-Its? Do I want to? Yes. <laughs> but do I know? You know, do I sit there and pummel down a, a full pizza on a Friday night? No, it's usually like once every six months that I'll do that. So I still have it, but I know at this point what works best for my body. And Yeah, and that's such a huge difference from what, like being able to say, do I want to have something? Yeah, but it just, it doesn't work that well for me. It's so, it doesn't work that well for me and I'm fine without it is a whole nother thing from I can't have it. Because yeah. all that I can't have or it's bad leads to is just... It just been it well, leads the, to restriction and then binging. Yeah, and I think the only time someone should say I can't have that is if they know when I have X, it causes Y. Right. You know, cause and effect. But if someone's starting off in a in a weight loss journey and they jump onto a certain diet without going through the trials and tribulations of, mm -hmm. of dieting, I think that's hard because they're not setting themselves up for success. You know, you said you've tried pretty much every diet out there, just like I did. You know, we've had to fail at some and then mm -hmm. succeed at others. So, you know, I think we have a pretty good, you know, we have anecdotal evidence. I don't need to read research. You know, that's, I am my own research. You know, I, we've been able to keep the weight off. Mm -hmm. You know, are we perfect? No, but you know, we, we know at this point where our foundation lies. And I think that's the important part is, is we, we have that experience with, I know if I eat, you know, for me personally, if I eat more carbs, I feel like my performance suffers. My energy levels actually go down. I don't sleep as good. Um, I do better on a high-protein diet at this point. I actually prefer carnivore compared to keto. The high-fat stuff works good in the short term, but I prefer high-protein. Now, does that mean I avoid carbs? No. But everything's based on the law of averages. Some days I have more, some days I have less. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I wasn't lazy, I would have sweet potatoes every single day because I love them. That's right. a complex carb. You know, one of the healthier ones, but it's still a carb. I don't avoid that. You know, during the summertime, I now granted potatoes are starches, but well, I still right. eat starches. You know, I'm not scared of nightshades or tubers or anything like that. So, so it's just a matter of figuring out what works best for you. Now, I will say the biggest mistake that I see with most individuals is they think if I work out more and eat less, mm -hmm. I'm gonna find my way to the promised land. Now this is something where I'll say, in the short term, you can do that because mm -hmm. you're creating basically a metabolic crisis <clears throat> and your body is just saying, I need to get rid of the calories as fast as I can. So weight loss occurs. Now if you stay on that type of uh, a pattern for too long, the body will then start to slow the metabolism down, save the calories, and next thing you know, you don't lose weight. You know? uh, and, yeah. then, and then people say, well, I'm gonna eat even less and I'm gonna work out even more. You know, we say, I'm gonna work up an appetite for a reason. Yeah. You know, it's not like I eat and I don't, or work out and I don't wanna eat. You know, I want, I want to eat, mm -hmm. so we should. You know, and that's time for us to, to rest and recover. So I, I think for most people, that's where they start. You know, and, and then we start to look at you know, oh, everything's about the, the calories. It depends. Mm -hmm. You know, when we, we look at terms of how the body uses it, bioenergetics, things along those lines, if that's true, if, if a calorie is a calorie, then that, you're trying to tell me that 100 calories of a chocolate chip cookie is the same as 100 calories of an apple. And I don't care who the fuck you are, that is not true. Your body is going to metabolize it differently. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's just, it's the things like that. So we need to reframe what's a carb. We need to reframe, you know, kind of what a diet should be. And it, it shouldn't be what foods am I going to actually put in my body. It should be what behavior change can I do at this point. And then when we're also looking at it in terms of just the diet in general, diet, when I hear diet, it's just like that person's going to fail. Yeah. Like they're already thinking about it. The because the they're way. already thinking about the end. The the <clears throat> the psychology of a diet is beginning end, and it's restrictive. Yeah, it's, it's basically right. a prison sentence. Right. So the second that somebody goes on a diet, in quotes, they're thinking, okay, I am going on a diet, and then when the diet ends. X will happen. And their their thought is, okay, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to lose these 50 pounds. And then when the diet ends, I'm going to, you know, whatever. I'm just going to magically keep it off. When realistically, if you're always thinking in a start and ending, you're not – you're picking up little bits and pieces. And I'm not – you know, this isn't a, a perfect system. Not everybody that – goes on a, a you know strict diet and loses a ton of weight, gains it all back. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, you know what I mean. But more often than not, when somebody goes into something extreme like that, they're going to rebound just as hard. Because it's not, it's just cutting something out for a temporary result. You're not building skills that are going to last over a long period of time. If your goal, the, the secret is, Losing weight is simple. Not easy, but it's simple. Well, and, and so losing weight, correct. But I also think we need to, to highlight that when we look at a reduction of something, it should be fat loss, not weight loss. Correct. Right. Our, our goal should not be to lose muscle mass. Muscle Agreed. mass is our best fat burner. It creates the highest amount of thermogenesis. Agreed. You know, it ramps up our metabolism. So I think that's also a mind shift as well. Get away from the term weight loss. Because mm-hmm. if I want weight loss, I'll just... I'll just go fucking stay on the treadmill for eight hours yep. a day. And that's just not the way that it should be. I guarantee you that will fail. You will have some type of adrenal fatigue. Probably yep. your thyroid's going to fuck up. Um, you know, your metabolism's going to slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why a lot of people, overweight people who try to lose weight, they say, I really don't eat that much throughout the day and I still gain weight. Well, yeah, everything is fucked up. Right. Like you need to get back to normal first. But how do we do that? That's the hard part. You know, and, and that's not going to be the basis of today. You know, that's taking it into a, another level because you may have to look at hormone levels and blood testing and thing along, things along those lines. Um, but this is just for the average person. Now, what's interesting is you have people that do the caloric deficit and lose weight. So mm-hmm. they swear by it. But then there's the other end of the spectrum. And I'm sure you've seen this and you've probably felt it. You overeat, mm-hmm. but you lose weight. It's happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are plenty of people that are out there. And, and I don't know if you remember back from undergrad, but when you're trying to calculate caloric intake for someone, you know, you're looking at their basal metabolism, mm-hmm. basal metabolic rate or, or daily energy expenditure. And that's the, the minimum amount just to, to live. Right. You know, breathe, go to the bathroom before you even put any calories in your system. From there, we also need the thermal intake of food. So how much energy do we need? How much are we burning just to break down the food we put into our body? And then our activity level need. So you and I probably burn around 15 to 1600 a day at rest. Then we're probably burning another 
four to 600 more eating food. So mm -hmm. now I'm going to try to keep these numbers safe because I'm going to lose my math. So we'll say 15 and 500. So now yeah. we're up to 2000 right there. And let's say we burn another 800 with just our daily activities and exercise. Yep. So I'm burning 2,800 calories a day. Right. On average, how many calories do you think the average person is actually taking in? Well, uh, <clears throat> on a non-binging type deal, probably between 1,500 and 2,100, I'd yeah. say. Somewhere in there. It's not as much as people think. Have you ever tracked out 3,000 calories? Yes. That's a lot of fucking food. Yeah. Especially you know? if you're especially if you're eating low calorically dense foods. If you're eating like legitimately brown rice, chicken and vegetables, it's a shit ton of brown rice, chicken and vegetables. So when when For people example. when people eat healthier mm -hmm. or, or choose foods that are non-calorically dense because they're more nutrient dense, you have to eat 2 to 3 times the amount of it. 3000 calories is a shit ton of food. Four to five thousand calories is basically like a full time job. Yeah, I had to when I was working with a nutrition coach. We got up to to find my like maintenance amount. I think we got all the way up to thirty nine fifty was when I stopped losing weight, and that was for even for a guy my size, that was tough. I mean, you're, you're basically sleeping, eating, working, eating, right? Going to the bathroom, eating. Yeah, you have no other time. Yeah, you know. And then for some of these strong men that eat ten thousand calories yeah, a day, like. The amount you have to eat in one <laughs> sitting, and then to offset that so you, you you don't become a fat fucking blob, you have to work out six to eight hours a day. Yeah. You know, so the average person can't do that. No. We, we don't have the luxury to get paid to work out and, and uh, you know, create that kind of energy influx or, or deflux, if you want to call it that. Um, but, you know, most people, it's like, oh, well, my, my caloric goal is 1,200. Then you're, then you're too low. Exactly. So if you're naturally burning 2,800 a day and, and you are only consuming 1,200, you are going to mess something up. And those are typically the people that can't lose weight. They have low fatigue levels or low energy levels. They tend to get cold all the time. And especially females tend to notice this more. Their hairs start to thin. Uh, it may even fall out. Um, and that usually creates a, a, a thyroid problem. And I think it's important to, for, to point to say, too, that short of any sort of you know, you have an extreme metabolic condition of some kind, you know, people that, I don't know if diabetes is the, but it, I don't even know what the different like diseases are per se. Assuming you don't have some sort of genetic disorder that affects your metabolism. If you're eating 1200 calories or less, especially if you're a female, that's maybe unfair, but females have way bigger um, can have way bigger problems eating too low of calories than men can. Yeah. And so it, ironically, they're the ones that you tend to have these discussions about eating too much with just because of the media and all that sort of stuff. But it's even more important that you don't drop that low because of the absolute havoc it can wreck on your hormones. Mm -hmm. Like... You know, especially with like teenage females, you know, yep. a lot of them will lose their menses and mm -hmm. that, that's, that's the worst thing that we can do, you know, plus with the, and then that leads to the, the female athlete triad. Yep. So <clears throat> it's, it's a lot of that's brought on by their perceptions of themselves and, and also from standards that they see on social media and, and things along those lines. So, you know, that's a, a very far end of the spectrum that hopefully we're, we're helping people to, to right. avoid. 
you know, and then there's disordered eating, there's mm-hmm. eating disorders, um, you know, and then there's a lot of people have body dysmorphia, you know, and there's a high rate of it in males and people don't oh, understand yeah. that, you know, it's, you know, I think you and I talked before about the psychological impact of being bigger at one time, you know, that never goes away. You know, you're, you're always, you could be in the best shape of your life and you're probably still going to find something wrong with you. Yep. And that's just the, that's just the way that it is, you know. Maybe a, a piece of clothing that you buy fits a little bit too tight, and it's not because of you; it's because of the actual clothing brand. Yeah. But now think about the mind fuck that you have to go through. Oh yeah. It never it never goes away. So, you know, we we understand firsthand. It's it's not like we're sitting up here. We we were born fit. We, right. We we have to work very hard at it every day. We go through the same same struggles as everyone else, and you know we're constantly tinkering with our nutrition to to try to find the best fuel source. Now, again, this is not meant to be a, a motivational interview or anything like that, so we'll, we'll get back on track. Now, <clears throat> let me ask you this, Adam, and I want you to answer it honestly, and, and whether we agree or not upon it, you know, that, that's certainly fine, and I'll give my reasonings for it, and I want you to, to give your reasoning. And I always try to look at things from an ancestral standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, from, from looking at, you know, anthropologic nutrition, because uh, that's one of the things that, that I'm interested in. And, you know, again, I'm speaking in generalities now. Do we need carbohydrates to survive? To survive? No. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, I can't speak. Based on things that I've read and my just my general having gone like literally when I did keto, I shot for like literally zero carbs. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and just your body adjusts. Can you can you survive? I believe so, as yeah. far as I'm aware. Um, so let me just interject right there. Yeah. Correct. I feel the same way. Yeah. We have a process in our liver called gluconeogenesis where we take fats and proteins and we actually create sugar. Yeah. That's why our body has it. So from an evolutionary standpoint, we do not need carbohydrates for survival. Right. Now, can you perform optimally without carbs? Absolutely not. There's the fucking difference. Yeah. Survival versus performance. Right. So, you know, if someone said, you know, I'm going to be a marathon runner. Mm -hmm. There is some research to prove that a low-carb diet, high-fat diet works well for some of those athletes. Some. But I would tell someone, if you're running 26 miles and you are not fueling yourself, like... If you're currently taking in carbohydrate substrates for energy, don't just switch to a keto diet. Right. It's just not the way that it works. Your, your body's going to have to try to restore glycogen levels, which will then spit out blood sugar so that you have constant energy. So we need that. Power athletes, for example, you know, you need some more carbohydrates. You know, simple sugars, where we usually say don't have too many simple sugars, raises your blood sugar, yada, yada, yada. So this is a case where for performance, sure, you know, I'm, I'm willing to buy that. Now, when we talk about fat loss, the reason why they say have less carbohydrates, and this is from a physiologic standpoint, the more carbs we have, specifically when our blood sugar is raised, our body releases insulin. When our body raises insulin, it decreases another hormone called glucagon, which burns body fat. You can't have both raised at the same time. Insulin goes up, glucagon goes down. Now, if we take away some carbs, I'm not saying all of them, Mm -hmm. 
we never have the same insulin release like we would if we had to get rid of blood sugar. So insulin comes down, glucagon goes up, and then our body's better at burning fats. And we have to remember that burning fat is, is very efficient. That's why they say do it. It doesn't create any of the, the byproducts from burning sugar, right. the oxidative reactive species is what they call it. Um, so it's, it's cleaner. Now, is that the best way to do it? No, and there's no best way. And we have to recognize that. You know, you talked about fasting where you would go 24 to 36 hours. What type of struggles did you have to go through to get to that point? You mean like what to get to the point where I was able to do it? Yeah. Uh, It was tough. It's it's unlikely you just said, I'm going to not eat for 24 to 36 hours. No. You probably had to build up to it. Yes. Because so when I did that, that was, I I can't remember. I read the the obesity code. I can't remember the name of the author. It was a good book. Jason Fuang. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I couldn't remember the name of the author. So I read that. And that was while I was doing keto. I think this was the second time. I tried it once at the first and it just it didn't work for me. Um, but it was a little bit different scenario. So I decided to try it again just to see if it was like where I was at that time or whether it really didn't work that well for me. But regardless. So I was already kind of working that into it a little bit. Um, I was doing, you know, like eight hours of a feeding time and then 12 hours off. So I was already sort of doing it a little bit. And then when I read the book, I was like, okay, well... And I'm already in like a state where my body's more adjusted to a low blood sugar. So I might as well try this now. Um, just because of keto, I was always keeping it so low. Sure. Um, so I was like, I might as well try this now. And it wasn't too bad. Uh, it was more, it was more the head games, I would say. Like I could, I could keep myself distracted, but... You have to. Yeah. But when I... I think what ended up happening is I probably overate a little bit when I was in my feet because I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to eat for the next 36 hours, so I'm okay to have – I'm still hungry, so I'll eat a little bit more. I don't know. It didn't – I hit a certain – I hit a certain floor with that and my – like literally 241.6 pounds. My weight – like it it was like I literally hit a glass floor. It would not drop below that number. Yeah. And just to give some background on Jason Fuang, he he wrote the Obesity Code. He also has the uh, Diabetes Code. He has has a couple different books, but he's a nephrologist that worked with patients with diabetes. So he started looking at uh, reversing type 2 diabetes. So it kind of led him down that path. So, you know, it's going to be a lot different. You know, Adam and I don't have type 2 diabetes, mm-hmm. so it's going to be a little bit different. Plus, you would want to be supervised uh, by a medical practitioner if you yes. choose to take up this type of a, a diet. Now, what what is the explanation for why we should do fasting? I, If you would ask me this right after, like within a year of me finishing the book, I could give you the exact explanation because I remember, I remember the specific hormones and the flipping places and all that stuff but it's been so long since i read the book but it has to do with your insulin sensitivity and i can't remember a whole lot else other than that to be honest with you i just know that it has to do with insulin sensitivity and and all that sort of stuff yeah so basically what adam was trying to say was when with fasting when you're not taking in the the sugar you're actually allowing your body and specifically your liver and the and the pancreas the beta and the uh Oh, to get back gamma, to a Gamma yeah. cells to okay. kind of yeah, recharge themselves. Your body goes through a process of what's called autophagy, where basically it repairs your metabolism as well. And, and we have physiology and science to prove this. 
Also, what it does is it creates metabolic flexibility where your body switches from using uh, sugars as fuel and you can actually use fatty acids for fuel. And then what your body will do is create ketones, which now becomes the most efficient fuel for an energy substrate. Now, when we're, when we're in ketosis, ketosis is very healthy and it's called nutritional ketosis, which is different than ketoacidosis which is a condition that can happen in type 1 diabetics when you have uncontrolled blood sugar and uncontrolled uh, fat level or ketone levels. Completely different. Mm -hmm. So if someone has ketoacidosis, that's a medical emergency. When someone has nutritional ketosis, it's completely different. So um, that's the whole point of fasting. Um, I think for someone who is probably um, uh, obese, morbidly obese, uh, BMI 35 or above, and they have insulin resistance, I think um, fasting is probably a long-term solution for them until they get to a certain point. Um, I tried 36, I even got up to 48 hours without eating. Um, you know, and I had to work my way up to it. My weight really didn't change on, on keto or using fasting. Mm -hmm. um, but what I did notice is that I didn't come become reliant on sugars as much. So I could get up in the morning and I didn't have uh, I wasn't hangry. I didn't feel the need to eat right away. So then I started to switch and I had more mental clarity. I feel like I had more energy right around that two to four o'clock range where normally I'd want to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and then that led me into kind of doing like the 16, eight. So 16 hours, not eating eight hours of eating. Um, so most days I, I don't even eat till noontime, you know, and, and that tends to work well for me, but I still fit in all of my calories between 12 and seven essentially. Yeah. You know, so for anyone that says, you know, you're not getting the calories that you need, come spend some time with me and watch me eat. Like <laughs> I, I guarantee you, you know, on, on any given day, I'll have like tonight for dinner, I'll, I'll have about a pound and a half ribeye and then I'll have a salad to go with it. And then I'll probably have a sweet potato and that's just dinner when I get home after I pick up RJ, you know, I'm going to have some protein rich diet at that point and then I'll probably have some protein based snack in between. So in that short period of time, I'm, I'm probably still consuming 2,000 calories, if not a little bit more, but my energy requirements today, I'm, I'm really just here at work, so I'm probably just meeting my, my metabolic need at that point. But again, it's that metabolic flexibility. I enjoy fasting because I don't feel like I, I need to get up and eat right away. Yeah. See, it's interesting because I think this is like you and I talking is a good, um, a good comparison of, because when I was doing keto... And I know that keto and, and carnivore are not the same, so I don't mean to present it that way. But when I was doing keto and then inter, into intermittent fasting, um, more so with keto, I didn't notice a huge difference when I got into intermittent fasting, like from one to the next. But I, and this is why I tend, I, it just doesn't seem to work for me. I felt worse on keto. And I was, I was monitoring my blood sugar. I was taking my blood sugar daily. I had a... Uh, I had a, a monitor for an actual ketone, like to see if I was in ketosis or not. So I was checking that and, you know, the blood sugar was where it should be for me to be in ketosis. The, the monitor said I was in ketosis and all this other stuff. And I had the opposite results of what people that, that uh, succeed on keto tend to. Most people say what has helped me with keto is it the food's more filling. I, you know, like... I feel like I, I don't have these big spikes in energy, which of course makes sense. And I, I wouldn't say that I, 
you know, I didn't have big spikes in energy on keto. That was different. But I was always hungry because I didn't, my, my body must use more carbohydrates than maybe yours does or it's more whatever. I mean, it maybe not you specifically, but from another person who does better on keto because three or four months worth, I was, I always felt hungry. And the first time I did it, I mean, I was gaining weight back because I was eating so many calories because I was, my body was like telling, I could not, I'd feel full but still feel hungry. Sure. Like, and so it, it varies from person to person. I mean, it can well, have to do with serotonin levels and all that kind of other stuff and, too. And that's, There's, that's, that's true for any type of, yeah. of uh, eating plan, yep. whatever we choose to call it. You know, if nutrition, you know, it's just like I've said about pain before. Pain is not linear because right. we all react and respond the same way. Nutrition and the way we respond to it is not linear. So yep. when we make recommendations, there are, again, general guidelines, but then you have to tweak it to the individual. And really, the only way you can do that is trial and error. Yep. You can take all these great blood tests and everything along those lines, and that gives you one snapshot in time. One small piece of the puzzle, we don't know if that's true. Right. You know, it's like an x-ray. You have arthritis. Okay, great. But what does that mean from a functional standpoint? You know, with these blood tests, oh, it says you shouldn't eat X, Y, and Z. Well, what if I eat them and I'm fine? Right. You know, if if it says I shouldn't eat X, Y, and Z, and, and then I eat X, Y, and Z, and I puke or, you know, uh, have to go to the bathroom, all right, fine. I may have a sensitivity to it without having a full-blown allergy, but it comes down to trial and error. Right. And I mean, what happens if, so like, what happens if you and I both get a blood, go get a blood test, and you come back and it says, okay, like... One sentence on a sheet of paper that comes out of this giant machine says, Ross, you are going to be matched perfectly with keto and Adam, you are going to be matched perfectly with the, you know, nutritional recommended diet of six, you know, 50% carbs. Okay, well, what if I'm a marathon runner and you do powerlifting? Like you're going to like, I mean, legit powerlifting. Yeah. You're going to have a hard time following what it says on that sheet. Correct. And I'm going to have a hell of a time following what it says on that sheet mm-hmm. because we, our energy systems need the opposite of what that test is telling us. And, you know, you can develop different, you know, you can develop, we've talked about developing different types of type one and type two fibers and all that sort of stuff. You can do all that, but at a base level, maybe what you're doing doesn't necessarily, and what you love to do doesn't necessarily match with what comes out on a blood test. Yeah. So like that's a, it just, it continues to be, you have to try different things to see what works. You know, and some people may even call that in, intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that's a, that's a big thing that people are talking about now. Get away from naming it something and just do intuitive eating. You know, that's, that's like for me at this point, I, I know what works best for me. You know, if someone slapped down steak tips in front of me or a pizza, I'm going to eat the steak tips. Mm-hmm. One, I like steak tips. Uh, my body craves them more than pizza. And I also know how I'm going to feel the next day. I'm not going to feel like shit eating the, the red meat. Whereas if I eat that, devour that entire pizza, I'm going to feel like shit. Mm. I'm going to have night sweats. I'm not going to be able to sleep. Probably have a nightmare on top of that. Um, I'm going to feel hungover the next day just because my body can't deal with the, the blood sugar influx. So it's just a, a matter of I had to try a bunch of them and fail until I get to that point where I can say, I know this works. This works best for me. 
So for performance, you know, it, it, and weight loss is trial and error. That's that's yeah. the only thing we can say. Now weight loss, though, I think I think the big thing that we need to talk about again is kind of the the psychology that goes with it. Because the biggest thing that I see is people people give up too easy. Also, you know, they want it to be gone yesterday. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. It took them ten years to get to this weight. It's not going to come off overnight. And then you have the person that says, you know what? I went to a party. I had a piece of cake. I failed, so I'm just going to give up. And I'm going to trash myself for the entire weekend. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, well, Well, why can't we have the piece of cake? Right. If you've been good for the last three weeks, and, and I use good loosely, we shouldn't have to be good. Just don't have 17 fucking pieces of cake. Right. Have one piece of cake. You know, maybe you don't have 43 scoops of ice cream with it. You have one scoop of ice cream. You know, make sure your, your macronutrients are dialed in before you have the ice cream in front of that. But the people that I find tend to do better with diets if we want to call it that and again it should be more behavioral change they recognize that this one night of having a quote-unquote bad food is not gonna ruin them it doesn't doesn't make them who they are i've earned this i'm going to enjoy it because this is life and i'm not going to live the rest of my life in this prison and i'm going to get back on track the next day and then they're fine there's no mental mind fuck at all right you know, they're going through it and they say, I recognize what this is and I don't care. I'm going to eat this cake. I'm going to have this pizza. I'm going to indulge in an alcoholic beverage. Are they doing that seven nights a week? No. So we, we can't we can't get away from... We have to live. We have to yeah. enjoy it. And typically we do that through food and, and celebration and um, it's the way it should be. You know, but it's all those times outside of it. Should we be eating cake and consuming alcohol and, and to a certain degree, but you got to have everything dialed in first, you know, know what works for you. And, and then you can start stepping outside those parameters and saying, okay, I, I know I can have this and I'm, I'm going to be okay. But when we think of nutrition as the all or nothing principle, you are setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. And that's, that's, that needs to be addressed more, more than anything. You know, people are like, well, you know, should I eat this? Should I not? Why not? Are you going to lay on your fucking deathbed someday and say, God, I wish I didn't eat that cookie back in 1983? Right. No, no, you're not. You know, I now we're getting into the warm weather. Yeah. Every Friday night, RJ and I go for ice cream. And I'm going to do that until Freaky shuts down again next <laughs> fall. Every yeah. Friday night. Do I sit there and piss and moan? No, I sit there and I enjoy an ice cream with my son. Yep. He loves it. I love it. I'm never going to regret that. But the people would be like, no, I, I can't have that. You can't or you don't want to. Right. Because you, you can't have it. You're not going to kill yourself. You know, even even if you're a type 2 diabetic, you could have it. Mm-hmm. You just There's greater implications if you do that. So uh, I just, I, I think you and I are definitely on the same page and hopefully everyone else has understood that it really comes down to the 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 behavioral change the psychology of it Um, there's no one perfect eating pattern you know if there was we'd all be on it and we'd all look like greek gods and goddesses right and it it, it's just couldn't be furthest thing from the truth nope so as long as you're happy with the way that you're eating as long as you feel like you have energy you're getting the results that you want does it have to be perfect year in and year out no it does not it doesn't have to be perfect week in and week out 
But if you let it mentally and emotionally consume you, you will fail. Yeah. It's just the way that it is. You know, we, we can't let one bad thing ruin all the progress that, that it has been made or could be made. Right. Yeah. I mean, anytime that you have to rely on willpower 100%, like where you have to be absolutely... And that's why when it comes to, you know, trying to lose weight or whatever or fat in the case that we've talked about, that's why a lot of the other stuff has to be so on point. Like if you're cutting your cal, I mean, let's, okay, let's use an extreme example like somebody who does aesthetic competitions or bodybuilding or something like that. The people that like, no, you can't dick around with your macros. They have to be spot on and they have to be low in this and high in that and all that sort of stuff. So... How well do you think an aesthetics person is going to do close to their competition if they're not sleeping, they have a super high level of stress and, you know, all the factors that make us lose our, in quotes, willpower. It's it's no different. They're at the extreme end of the spectrum in terms of what they're doing, but the mindset piece is no different from, you know... Susie who wants to lose 50 pounds. If that, if you're great for a week, if you're like, I'm not going to have carbs and I'm going to only eat 1500 calories and you're great for a week and then you have two days in a row where you only get four hours of sleep, I guarantee you day three, either you're going to be so hyper-focused on not, in quotes, blowing your diet that other shit's going to fall by the wayside or you're going to drop and you're going to binge because you just have been relying way too much on your ability to say, nope, nope, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. As soon as you lose sleep, your stress increases, your ability to keep that in quotes willpower just poof, yep. gone. Absolutely. You know, and just going off of, you know, uh, whether it's the figure competitor, mm-hmm. bikini competitor, whether it's the bodybuilder, how do they typically refeed after a show? They usually woof down pizza. <laughs> yeah. They're backstage and they can't woof down the pizza fast enough. Right. <laughs> you know, but they also have a, a strict timeline that they have to fit their requirements in. And again, not that I, I think anyone needs to, to go into bodybuilder or no, anything no, like no. that, but... If you look at the mindset of a bodybuilder, you will never find someone that's more dedicated, motivated, um, slightly insane. Yeah. I mean, everything is on point. Everything they do is geared around that competition. Right. So do I want to be that neurotic? Nope. Not even close. But if you're ever wondering what it takes, that's a that's a great place to start. Yeah. You know, because even a lot of professional athletes, I mean, it's getting better, but... Sometimes professional athletes are just physically gifted and they don't have the best diets and they're going out drinking all the time. And Since you brought that up, can I tell real quick before we sign off, yeah. can I tell you one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen? In a, you know how like when they do the NFL or the NBA draft, they'll, you know, this person's favorite food is X, Y, or Z. There was once, I think it was an NBA draft, and the guy's favorite food was a ranch and spaghetti sandwich. Ranch and spaghetti sandwich. Whoa. Yeah. Uh. I was like... What does that even look like? I don't even... Yeah, so... 
I mean, it, does, it he does, act, does he actually have it in between? I don't know. It, bread? Is it in a wrap? I have no... Right, exactly. I have pocket? no idea. For some reason in my head, it was a piece of bread folded with spaghetti and ranch on top of it. it, it but it I have to, so that, it doesn't get all over the place. Oh, my God. It's so gross, uh, but yeah, I thought slightly, that was hysterical. Slightly disgusting, and really no, no protein at all. <laughs> no. No. I mean, even if he said spaghetti and meatballs, but even then the ranch is throwing me off. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's so weird. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. But just because you went there, I had to tell hey, that, that story. That's, that's, that's all right. It. It's kind of a nice way to, to have everyone be grossed out by the time we sign off. <laughs> all right, guys. So we'll post this. Uh, this will drop either tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, so your Ask Ross Anything is next Thursday, correct? Next week, yep. Yep, so we'll be next Thursday, the 21st. For anybody that's interested, link uh, to his Fit for Life PT page is in uh, the description as well. And um, we're also going to be, we're going to take this another direction over the next couple weeks or next week or so. Uh, possibly depending on if people want more information on nutrition for performance or for weight loss or or we'll just make it a one-off. We'll kind of see how it goes. So if you have any questions or you want us to talk about something else a little bit more, uh, feel free to reach out to uh, my email is in the um, in the description as well or on the pages where we post them, and we'd be happy to do that. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we sign off for us? No, I mean, we were all over the place today. So, you know, hopefully our, our main points from the beginning uh, have been met and we didn't confuse anyone too much. Hopefully. All right, guys, have yourself a fantastic rest of the week, and we will talk to you next week. Take care.